The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the seventh chapter. Now when the Pharisees and some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus, they noticed that some of his disciples were eating with defiled hands, that is, without washing them. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they thoroughly wash their hands, thus observing the tradition of the elders. And they do not eat anything from the market unless they wash it. And there are also many other traditions that they observe, the washing of cups, pots, and bronze kettles. So the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, Why do your disciples not live according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? He said to them, Isaiah prophesied rightly about you hypocrites, as it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching human precepts as doctrines. You abandon the commandment of God and hold to human tradition. Then he called the crowd again and said to them, Listen to me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing outside a person that by going in can defile but the things that come out are what defile. For it is from within, from the human heart, that evil intentions come. Fornication, theft, murder, adultery, avarice, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, envy, slander, pride, folly. All these things come from within, and they defile a person. The Gospel of the Lord. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Have you ever had an argument with someone and then figured out that the thing that you're arguing about isn't really the problem? That's what's going on in our gospel today. The Pharisees and the scribes or the teachers from Jerusalem are asking Jesus why his disciples don't wash their hands before they eat but their questions really aren't about hand-washing. Their questions are about identity. The Pharisees understood their Jewish identity, their religious faith, within a particular framework of beliefs and traditions. And Jesus' disciples weren't following the same script that they were following. That had to mean that either the disciples were wrong or they were. Their very identity as God's people was at stake. From the beginning, the law that was given to Moses provided the structure for life with God and life with the people around us. But over time, the Israelites and truth be told, Christians have added to the law. 
establishing human practices and traditions that are rooted in the commandments we have from God. Sometimes those additions are plainly manipulative. In the 16th century, when the church began to sell indulgences to pay for the cathedral, they were promising people that the price that you paid for the indulgences bought your salvation or that of a beloved. Luther railed against church authorities because they had reduced divine grace to a transaction. Other times, we make these additions from a place of heartfelt concern because it is important not to break the commandments and consequently break or turn away from relationship with God. We add a fence or a hedge around the commandments in order to protect them. Take the third commandment that says, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. In the South, especially, blue laws were a fence around the commandment, prohibiting some activities on Sundays to encourage the public observance of Sunday as a Christian Sabbath. In some traditions today, observing the Sabbath still means ceasing all work including cooking or using tools, because those activities could be considered work. But those restrictions are someone else's interpretation of the commandment from God, not the commandment itself. Where we get in real trouble is when our human traditions become disconnected from God's own commands. That is what has happened in our gospel text. There is no biblical law about washing hands before eating, but there is a requirement that priests wash hands and feet before ministering at the altar. This was understood to include washing hands before eating the holy meat from sacrifices. And the Pharisees took seriously the command of Exodus 19.6, You shall be for me a priestly kingdom and a holy nation. So they argued that this meant that all Israelites should be as holy as priests, and that consequently all Jews should wash their hands before eating anything. The established traditions of the elders weren't inherently bad, but the more alienated the man-made traditions became from the Word of God, the easier it was for them to become weapons to use against people, to, to divide people, and to turn people away. And that's why Jesus answers the way he does when he is questioned about his disciples' behavior. The Pharisees and scribes are sweating the small stuff. They are paying attention to the dirt under a person's fingernails and not to their heart. And Jesus reminds them it isn't the things that we encounter in the world that defile us, but what is inside of us. 
In the psalm for today, the psalmist writes, the, one who, the ones who abide in God's tent or dwell on God's holy hill are those who walk blamelessly and do what is right and speak the truth from their heart. That doesn't mean that we get to climb that holy hill and stand there pointing fingers at all those people who don't get it right. Instead, it calls us to take an inventory of where our own hearts are. Are we near to God or are we far? It doesn't matter how much spit and polish you use or how put together you appear if your heart is turned away from God. It doesn't matter how many Bible verses you know if they remain empty words on a page instead of being written on your heart. It doesn't matter how often you show up in church if it's only to complete a checklist or a transaction instead of being in relationship with the God who created you and calls you loved and forgiven. Inside each one of us, Jesus sees a beloved child of God. And as children of God, we are called to live not according to human traditions or by the evil intentions that Jesus names in our gospel text, but according to God's commands. Luther's explanation of the first article of the Apostles' Creed tells us God protects us against all danger and shields and preserves us from all evil. And all this is done out of pure fatherly and divine goodness and mercy, without any merit or worthiness of ours at all. And for all of this, we owe it to God to thank and praise and serve and obey him. When we find our identity in God as God's children, our response is obedience to God. And that, not our human traditions or empty praise, is what God desires from us. Let us pray. Holy God, thank you for giving us your law to structure our lives according to your word. Thank you for protecting us against evil. Thank you that in your abundant grace and mercy, you see us as your beloved children. Help us remember that you desire to be in relationship with us more than you ever want our empty words or meaningless actions. And enable us by your spirit to follow your son Jesus and be faithful and obedient. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.